0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.
1: On this holiday Monday, chilly afternoon in New York City, it is hour number three of Barton Han. And Bart, hour number three, you know what that means. Oh, I
2: absolutely know what that means. It means just the power
3: hour hour
2: hour 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 hour. And that was more entertaining than the entire All-Star game in itself.
1: <laughs> the entire All-Star weekend some may say, except for Steph versus Sabrina. Of course, Sabrina. Yeah, I was here for that. Shooting with the wrong basketballs as we were told oh, her by. The ball is so much smaller. <laughs> we got off to a great start this afternoon. Um,
2: you know what they should, Girls are supposed to play basketball in skirts.
1: Yes, and not, so cross ha- not cross half court. Right. Six players on the floor. <laughs> oh man! Like God
2: bless that kid. No, no, it's, it, he he set us back a thousand years.
1: I'd say so. Yeah. All right, let's move on from that. one 800 Hour number three, Pat and uh, Bart Scott. Allen's off this week. The uh, all-star break for the NBA. Knicks are back in action on Thursday. We'll get to them before the end of the hour. Also, I'll touch on some comments that Rick Pitino made after yesterday's latest St. John's loss, and their season is turning into a grave disappointment. Uh, Let's go back to the phones. A little reaction to something you said earlier regarding the Cowboys and uh, their current state of affairs. Let's go to Greg in Piscataway. Greg, what's going on?
4: Hey, what's up, boys? How
1: are we doing? Hey, so it's it's
4: funny that you guys were talking about the the Cowboys. Because, Bart, I was actually just having this conversation with with one of my homeboys on uh, Super Bowl. So my take on it is the Cowboys, the noise is so loud with them. Their fan base is so loud. You got an owner that every single week he's doing a press conference. He's saying this. He's saying that. So these guys are, are like gods. You know what and I mean? So they're not. Show.
2: The owner has his own Yeah, radio exactly.
4: Show. So it's like they're already – before they put that work in, before they develop that chip on their shoulder, they're already told how great they are and how great this is and how great that is. So it's like the, the hype is so loud with their fan base. And just the owner in general, and just everything—it's like they never, they never come out to be like who they. They
2: put the horse before they put the horse before in. the cart. They put the horse before the exactly.
4: cart. Exactly. They want What'd the you glory before mar- they put the work in. Exactly. That's my take. That was my take on it. My friend couldn't get it. He's like, "No, nah, no way, Jerry. Jerry's not doing." I'm like, "All Spence right. Perfect example. When they when they got beat by the Giants, and he put or when, yeah, when they put beat
1: by the Giants in the playoffs." He has Super Bowl tickets in their locker. Like, that's crazy. Think about all, Bart, think about all the disappointing playoff losses that they have suffered just in the last 15 years. You know, they went <laughs> through that. Tony Romo. Yeah.
2: Like, at, least, the, at least there was a chance to the, the Giants
1: game when, when when Romo and, and Witten went to Cabo, and they were the number one seed that mm-hmm. year. Um, Blame it on Jessica Simpson. The game against the Packers where Rodgers made that sick throw down the the left sideline side, to get them yeah. into field goal range. Um, the fact that they couldn't beat the 49ers the last couple of years this year against Falling the Green Bay Packers. Goal. They walk around with this, Purvado. you know, sense of entitlement and accomplishment. And, and I think what you re- referred to earlier with Emmett Smith saying that they're still dining out on what those guys did in the early to mid-1990s. The other thing is this. The current state of affairs with the Cowboys, there's a – look, Dak Prescott, is he the best quarterback in the NFL? No. Is he one of the top 10 quarterbacks based on how he played this year? He certainly is. There's a lot of noise around that organization and even outside the organization. But family members and brothers and siblings and parents taking shots at the quarterback that you just don't hear that happen or see that happen with other top quarterbacks throughout the league.
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, nobody came to his defense either. That means that they didn't totally disagree what their family members said. And their family members said, you know, the the quiet part out loud. And I think that's a, a frustration because, you know, he wasn't the only quarterback that had that glazed look over their eyes this year because I saw the same glazed look in Lamar Jackson's eyes when when he saw that the defense of the Ravens weren't able to slow down, uh, you know, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. But too often we, we give this guy credit and, you know, he plays great in the regular season. But when the moment gets tight, it's too often that it's somebody else's quarterback's moment at his expense and at the team's expense. Like, you, you, you look at the games that he's lost. Okay, it's, it's a Brock Purdy moment. It's a Jordan Love moment. Why, why, why does all these guys that are supposed to be not as good as you, why, why are they coming up and having their moments and you're not having your moment? Like you have to ask yourself, why can't you win the big game? And it can't be about coaching. It can't, you can't be about a discrepancy in talent because you guys have one of the most talented rosters in all of football, and you're blowing it. And at this point, we're we're looking at the fact that this guy's in what year eight? Year eight. We we're we're seeing this, and now you've come up short every single time. So you got to take accountability for it, and you know until you guys. Show up. We we can't take. We can't give you the benefit of the doubt. You guys are out of the benefit of the doubt, and that's why God, guy, young guys like Michael Parsons, can't understand. Like we've seen this movie before. It's new to you, but this is just a rerun to us, Micah. Just take take the take the people out. Put the the Marcus wearing in the same uniform, and take you take your name off, and it's the same movie, just with a, just with a different actor playing the role of the good defensive player.
1: Yeah, whether it's Romo or Dak or Witten or on and on disappointing playoff losses for this team over the last 15 years. Um, Let's go to Manny and Flushing. Manny, what's up?
5: Hey guys. How y'all doing? Good. Good. Good good to hear. Good to hear guys. You know, I agree with Mark. I mean, it's unfortunate. Listen, the Cowboys, to me, they're the most uh, undisciplined team I've seen ever since I watched the NFL completing the 20 truckers. they will always find ways to be in the news for the wrong reasons, because this Clippers team, they kind of remind me of that that Clippers team of the 2010s where they were great on regular season, but they find ways to lose in the postseason. I mean, this team, they always find ways to be in the headlines, but not for the right reasons. Instead of talking Super Bowl, they always – they, every time oh they talk Super Bowl talk Super Bowl not just the players but also the fans who, who are believed that oh this is their year but then they end up in by February as disappointment because we all know by Stephen A. Smith said all this before. By February it's Super Bowl time by February because they want to win the off season instead of winning like the whole thing. I mean, like I said, the clip. I mean, the the Cowboys to me, they remind me of those Clippers teams of the 2010s. Like they were great in regular season, but they always find ways to not get uh, in the postseason.
2: Absolutely, because it takes something to win in the in the in the postseason. That's grit and determination. Because you know you're playing against a team that you got to raise up your level. You got to play consistent. They just haven't shown the ability to have any mental toughness, and that's been ever since I was in the league. I I came in the league and left the league and never lost to the Cowboys ever. Because mm. we always knew if we took them to deep water, that they they wouldn't be mentally tough. If you make it a close game, they'll fold. You know they're front runners, and that comes from ownership down. They they get too much and haven't earned it. Like they even at training camp, they go to Oxnard, beautiful place. Man, I had Country them out club. there. I have them out there in that. Dallas Cowboy, uh, that Texas Heat out there like the Junction Boys. You know what I'm saying? Water optional. I'll it looks break, nice, in it. No yeah,
1: nice in Oxnard. Yeah, looks like Okunard. a country club. They probably got tea time. Good golf clubs, absolutely. Yeah. All right, this portion of Barton Hunt is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. I want to switch gears here for a second, Bart. At the beginning of the basketball season, one of the biggest stories – in New York was supposed to be the resurgence of St. John's. Rick Pitino, New York native, one of the greatest basketball coaches in the history of the college game, coming back home for kind of the final chapter of his career to resurrect the long-dormant St. John's franchise that I believe has not won an NCAA tournament game either since 2000 or since 2002. Either way, it's been a very long time. And they actually got off to a good start. Uh, you could see some signs earlier this season that Petino had them playing his trademark pressure defense, winning games against teams they haven't beaten in recent years. But the wheels the last month have completely come off. Yesterday was rock bottom for St. John's. They had a 19-point lead over Seton Hall. They blew that. They lose 68-62. to 62. They have lost eight of their last ten games. They've lost five of their last six games. They're now 14 and 12. They're six and nine in the Big East. So they're essentially in the exact same spot they were during the entire tenure of Mike Anderson as their head coach. And after the game yesterday, where now it's looking very likely that St. John's is going to miss the NCAA tournament again, Rick Petino with some very interesting and strong comments about his program.
6: We are so non-athletic that we can't guard anybody without fouling. It's been that way the year, but we came out in the second half and we knew they would come after us, but you have to move the ball and we just took four minutes of rush shots. I think they're unathletic. I don't think they move well laterally. I don't think they're going to pick it up in the next week. I think they're slow laterally. I mean, Sean Conway gives you everything he can. He's slow laterally. About five guys are slow laterally. Even even the Celtics when we lost, I've enjoyed every minute being a Boston Celtic coach. Didn't like the fact that we lost in that following year, but this has been the most unenjoyable experience I've had since I've been coaching. Do you have any second thoughts of taking this job? No, not at all. It's, it's not St. John's, it's my team. I think they're very respectful. They hear, but they don't listen. It, it's taken me a month to get them to throw bounce passes. Actually, two months to throw bounce passes. I was thinking of getting ready Ready for georgetown because georgetown could definitely beat us i'm not even thinking of the future at all I'm just thinking of the next game and the next game and the next game and that's it just try to get as many wins as you possibly can
2: this 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 is the prime example when you let grandpa talk to people like grandpa like i'm tired of this i ain't taking the gray out i ain't protecting nobody feelings we stink the guy's giving all. the guy's giving all he can man he he can't help the genetics that his mama gave him. That's basically what he want to say. Like, hey, the guy, he, what do you want him to do? He, he can't change who he is. That's who he is. My question is, why the hell did you bring him here then? Or why didn't you enter the transport portal? He also, I think, believes said these facilities. I know our facilities stink. Like, man, why don't y'all use some of that coming to America money, man? Like, I don't know what it is. But listen, you in New York, they brought you here because you were a brand. You're supposed to utilize your brand not just for the teaching of the players but also to leverage and, and, and create excitement that, hey, I can turn the program around back to its proud days, right? We watched um, uh, Chris Mullen fail, right? We yeah. watched, you know, you say, what's his name, Martin? Mike, Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson. Watched him fail. I mean, and now you're up. I mean, you did you not know these things when you came here before you took the job? Did you look at the team? Did you look at what was going on? So like you gotta be better, right? And you know, you criticize your team, it's not a good look and doesn't really bow confidence for if you're a if you're a transfer or somebody that's considering coming to St. John's, you wanna come now? With a coach with that type of attitude? With a guy that uh, like man, like you're not holding your guys down. Like you supposed to be get you supposed to be having solutions, not not criticizing us in front of us. And, and calling names out and just embarrassing people, nah, man, that's not professional. That's a bad look for Pop Pop. But like we all, we all been around our old grandparents and realized that they don't sugarcoat nothing. They say whatever they want to say, and they don't care. And he sounds like an old man that's that, that just realized that even he can't change it. Well, you should have recruited better. You should you should have you should have fundraised better so that you can change some of these horrible facilities. Man, you, you, you got a college inside New York City. What the hell do you expect?
1: The confusing thing about the comments is they were 12-4. and four And <laughs> they were in the – so what, what, how, do they, how were they successful then? If this is how they People started – People didn't know
2: they couldn't move their feet. Then they realized, hey, skip the ball. They, they, were, they were
1: moving their feet enough to beat Providence and to beat Villanova twice and to beat Butler, which is going to the NCAA tournament. But something happened in the middle of the season where the bottom has just completely fallen out of this program. And here's the thing. I think a lot of what he says is probably valid. If you look at his resume, it's it's unassailable just in terms of the level of success that he has had as a coach. Now, there's a lot of the off-court stuff, the suspensions, the vacated wins that is also part of the Rick Pitino experience. And St. John's knew all of that when they brought him in. This program has been in such a state of disrepair that they were looking; they were willing to look past any of his transgressions so he can get this on the right track. And while I think a lot of what he said has some merit, the one thing I did not hear him say at all is that anything is his fault. Right? Anything is his fault. He's in charge. It stops with him. It's amazing to me to think that They've gone two and eight in their last ten after a twelve and four start to the season, and somehow none of this seems to be his fault.
2: Yeah, I confess, you, y'all did it. Like you said, <laughs> it, ain't, it
1: ain't the school, it ain't the job,
2: it's y'all. Like, well, ain't we part of the school? Ain't we part of like What are you talking about? It's it's this not his diff- not his best moment. I don't know how long the contract is, but man, I don't I don't see. See this continuing for too much longer. I don't you know, know if I, he has another additional season in him, but probably I, I, a four year deal.
1: I think he continues. I, I do. Um, I kind of equate it though if this doesn't work, then you've really got to question the long term viability of the program. I equate it to what we were talking about earlier with the Nets. The Nets, you know, being second fiddle in a city going up against the Knicks and their generations of fans and the fact that they get Madison Square Garden, if the Nets couldn't make a dent in that when the Knicks were winning 17 games and the Nets had Durant and Kyrie and James Harden, then I just don't think it's in the cards for them. And by the same token, if St. John's, which has tried, you know, Coaches with good resumes, like Mike Anderson, it has tried guys that weren't coaches but were legendary players, like Chris Mullen. they tried all these other different things, and none of it works. So let's just look aside and bring in the best available coach. If it doesn't work with Rick Pitino, then it's just probably not going to work. That's the concerning thing for St. John's. Yeah,
2: yeah, I understand. It's tough, man. It's an inner-city school, right? And... These kids are pampered and coddled, and when something doesn't go their way, it's easy for them just to say, you know what, instead of sticking it out and working hard because I can't go anywhere because I, I can't transfer and all that stuff, they just say, I'm gone. They enter the portal. Somebody offers them money. They go to a, the best place. They get to the play, um, and, you know, it can, be a it can be a lucrative deal. So it's like, you know, teams like St. John I don't think have much of a chance. Because if you got bad facilities, I'm not about to sit up here. One, you're not giving me no money, no NIL. Two, now my quality of life, I'm sitting in these dorm rooms and these is whack, you know what I mean, They in the city. Uh, uh, so it's a tough
1: job, man. That's, the it, landscape yes. is changing. The landscape has changed dramatically. Um, I will say this. Looking at their schedule, they have five games left. They played Georgetown twice. They played the Paul once. Those are the two worst teams in the Big East. So, look, th- there is still time to turn it around and run the table. But just some – Comments that you don't hear even on in the professional level that much anymore from head coaches or managers, let alone on the college level. Let's uh, let's go to the phones one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to Dante in Queens. Dante, what's going on?
3: Hey, what's up, guys? Um, thanks for taking my call. I usually call in to chime in about the Knicks, but I have been um, a St. John's fan since. Um, like the 98 season. And the thing about Patino, he's he's starting to remind me of when Larry Brown coached the Knicks. You knew you were taking over, I mean, well, it's college. It's a young team by default. But basically, even when Brown came, you knew you had young talent. The team, you know, they they needed to mature and be coached up. And then all he wanted to do is – complain about, oh, I didn't know I had to coach this. And where it's like, the thing about it, I'm not trying to be ageist, but if you don't have the passion and then when everything is their fault but nothing is yours, just retire. Let somebody w- who's hungry and who's passionate and, and, and is going to dedicate to the job because it's like, you know, you're coming off like, 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 like somebody sentenced you to be the head coach for St. John's. It's not a good look. You make yourself look like a bozo, like seriously.
1: Dante, the problem with and- that, and thanks for the call, is that the last guy they had kind of fit the description. Mike Anderson was a lifelong career coach who had success at other places like Arkansas and uh, Missouri. And he was a worker and he was a grinder, but the results weren't there. So they 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 had that guy. The results weren't there. They tried the, you know, celebrity coaches with Chris Mullen and with Steve Lavin before him, and those didn't work out. Look, I don't fault the decision to bring in Patino, and I do think that he I, I think he's back next year. I think they will improve. I mean, you have seen I, I've seen a couple of games from St. John's this season against Villanova twice, for example, where he just puts on a coaching clinic. But um it, it, it's just overall the, the the comments after yesterday's game are, are not those that you know you usually hear in today's sports landscape and I found that very interesting. All right, we'll take another break uh here on Barton Hahn. Um we can. Uh, we're going to discuss the All Star Game a little bit more, and uh, what, if anything, can be done How to do fix, it. fix it. How do we fix it? How uh, do we fix it? I'm out of answers. Um, the Brooklyn Nets have fired Jock Vaughn, so uh, a new direction for them. It seems like that's a yearly thing. Uh, and your calls at one 3776 here till the top of the hour. Pat O'Keefe in for Allen with Bart Scott on 98.7 ESPN New York.
0: It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.
1: All right, Barton Han, paddle O'Keefe, for Allen, who is off this week. The final score, Bart, 211-186. to 186. Now, when I hear that or see that, I think of like a high school bowling competition. Unfortunately, last night, that was the final score of the NBA All-Star Game. So Adam Silver this year changed the format again. He eliminated the team captains and the drafting of players, and he went back to the traditional matchup of East versus West thinking hoping that it would lead to a more competitive brand of basketball and instead what resulted from that were 397 combined points the first ever 200 point game uh, registered by the Eastern Conference and an exhibition that lacked competitiveness in every way shape and form in fact you could probably hear it in the voice of the commissioner as he awarded the winning trophy to the Eastern Conference All-Stars.
6: And to the
0: Eastern Conference All-Stars, you scored the most points.
1: Well, congratulations. <laughs> Talk about a lukewarm congratulations. I mean, they pretty, they pretty much just, this has kind of he been a thing of them. his.
2: He they, told they, them.
1: They they knew that this was a, a thing for him. This is an issue for him, and they basically went out and they said, screw you, we're doing it our way, and we're actually going to find a way to be less competitive than we ever have been before. Like, we're
2: going to put together the worst. We say, hey, he said, hey, guys, listen, I need you guys to not take these games off uh, before the season starts. I need you all to participate in this in this season tournament because it's important. You want to know why? because we're trying to negotiate this new TV deal, and we're trying to break the bank and say, hey, our players play. You know, you're not going to have a primetime game and look up and see that nobody that people are coming to show up for are actually playing in the game. We're not resting the guys like like Jacques Braun did. We're going to play the players, and, you know, we're going to put a good product out. And you did totally the opposite. You could have did this next year when the money was already – the ink was dry. And now, now he's left with pie on his face as he tries to go back today and negotiate with those same T V people and the big conversation is how bad the the All Star game sucks and how bad it is and the dunk contest sucks and, and, and he's supposed and then y'all gonna come to him and say, Hey man, you you blew the deal. No, I didn't blow the deal. It, it it required all of us to do our part and y'all didn't do y'all part, which was show people why it's entertaining and captivating and you know you know, outside of Jennifer Hudson, the entire weekend sucked. Like in Sabrina, like that's not enough. Yeah. To, that's not enough. Y'all gonna have us on Tubi, man. Y'all gonna have us on Picks 11 because y'all don't want. Y'all don't want. You know, no, no, no disrespect to Picks 11 but you know y- you're not gonna have like the TV deals and the streaming money that we want. And y'all gonna look at me when other leagues like T- like the NFL, is breaking the bank with what they're doing the product and what they're selling their product on because everything they do touches the goal. The NFL draft and combine kills probably the numbers that that the NBA playoffs get. And I and I I want a border to say the finals get. And that's
1: just that's just dudes running around in underwear. Look, this used to be one of the best nights of the year in the NBA. And as recently and we spoke about this earlier, as recently as five years ago, the twenty twenty NBA All Star game, the first time they did the Elam ending um, when they were playing in honor of Kobe and Gigi Bryant um, in the aftermath of their accident, that that was some of the best eight minutes of basketball that we have seen in this form in a very, very long time. It was highly competitive. It went down to the final shot exactly what they wanted. They had the best five players uh, on each team on the floor really kind of getting into each other. Here's the thing. You can have a competitive game without going all out. You know, This doesn't need to be Knicks heat with Kyle Lowry taking... 12 charges and you know Julius Randle colliding with people all over the floor it doesn't need to be that level of physicality and intensity yeah. but there's there's a happy medium between that and the crap that we saw last night there has to be a modicum of effort i mean it literally was the, the reason why did Damian Lillard win the MVP award last night because he was allowed to shoot the most shots he shot 26 field goal attempts. He shot 23 threes. He made 11 of them. He was wide open for all of them because there was no defense. I hope Damian Lillard can hit 11 out of 23 wide open three pointers. He's one of the best to ever do that. That's not a challenge for him. There was no challenge presented by anybody on that court last night. And you're, you're right. They, they, they have to understand the players do because this is a partnership. There's a collective bargaining agreement where every time it's up and it's renegotiated, there is a, a negotiation between how much of a pie the players get and how much of the pie the owners get, and that pie is the television contracts, which this has always been one of the headlines of the television contract, this exhibition in the middle of the season that has all the stars on display at the same time. Yeah, because you hope to
2: get Super Bowl type of numbers or, you know, some type of, you know, baseball. So, listen, this is all you have to say. Basketball was outshined by hockey. It and was. where can you ever say that? You know, is, that's all you need to know. Like, people enjoyed the weekend of hockey far greater than they did an all-star game with a collection of the greatest stars, Supposed to be showing us putting on display some of their great athletic feats and athleticism. We had a dude do a dunk, and then cl- that was supposed to be, be paying homage to a legend, and forgot to cover his face.
1: <laughs> I mean, other than that, it's just a dunk. <laughs> he had one thing <laughs> yeah. to remember.
2: It was a regular dunk. And then, you, <laughs> <laughs> then you close your eyes, man. Like, what are we doing?
1: Um, LeBron James didn't play in the second half of last night's game. Ankle. Yes, here's uh, resting the ankle. Didn't hurt it in the game. Um, nobody played hard enough to hurt themselves in the game. Here's what LeBron uh, said well, Luka did. uh about the All Star game. <laughs> I,
7: mean, I don't know. I mean I think it's something we need to figure out where's the median because this is what this is what a lot of the games are starting to look like now too. You know, we wanted to get more you know, more patience to the games. We want to get more shots. We want the game to be more free-flowing. We stopped letting the game be freedom of movement, a lot of freedom of movement now. And that's what a lot of our games is in the regular season now. It let us tighten up in the postseason. So it's a deeper dive into a conversation of how we can shore up this game, obviously from a player's perspective. You know, it's fun to get up and down, but at the end of the day, our competitive nature don't like just being able to just have free-flowing scoring like that.
1: I saw no competitive nature in that game last night, and that's a bunch of crap. That this is resembling the free-flowing offensive game in the regular season. The, the, the yeah, offensive game of the regular season has gotten more free-flowing. I'll give you that. Last night it was free-flowing because everybody was standing around, and moving out the way. Like, I, I could free-flow up and down that court last night.
8: Yeah, at you did. 218
1: pounds and six foot one. If you just let me run as I please, okay, okay, put them stats out layup. there, son. Yeah, I, I can. I can run hit up an on open layup. Key. Get I'll even done knock up. down a couple of threes. Listen, you give me twenty. Seriously, uh, you give me twenty-three attempts last night. with You're that defense, at least six. I'm hitting what?
2: You hit at least six.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to say eight. I, I'll knock down eight of them.
2: Okay, twenty-four. Listen, like it was a joke, right? And it's a mockery to the game and the legends that were there in attendance, right? To to support the game and the NBA does a great job in keeping their older players around and you know letting them be just as big a part of the week and 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 they get their flowers. I mean, you got Reggie Miller there. You you got all these people. What free flowing game you talk about? Like they played in the same game, like they they and they played it totally different. Nobody got hurt. Nobody was nobody saying no. Nobody was playing in the finals. Like oh god. Yo, I'm gassed from the All-Star weekend, man. I can't, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe we, we we that took our legs away. Like, come on, man, Michael Parsons? What are we talking about?
1: They also now have extended the All-Star break in the last few years. That LeBron James's behest to be a week. And I don't have a problem with that. I think it's a nice reset. You come back. You're actually two-thirds of the way through the season. You have 27 games left. You get a full week off to recharge the batteries. And here you go for the stretch runs. But even more... Reason why we should see more effort. In the old days, these guys would play on Sunday. They'd have to come back. The season resumes on Monday or Tuesday. Now these guys don't have to play games until Thursday. There's plenty of time to recuperate from playing hard. What are we asking you to play hard for? For ten minutes? Seriously, right. for ten minutes? We don't even need the whole thing. Give me the last ten. Keep it close. Be smart enough to keep it close at least. Keep right? it do close. Those, Let the reserves. Do a do, it keep
2: it close. Let the reserves play it, and then the, then the starters end it.
1: Yes, let me see. You know, Giannis and Tatum and Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell out there at the end of the game against Jokic and Shea and Kevin Durant and Luka. And, and yeah. Well, I don't want to see well, Luka. Luca almost no hurt. Luca.
2: Luca's the one who almost hurt himself playing around. Yeah, almost yeah. blew his back out.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> his his physique is starting to resemble mine that I was describing earlier. Let's um. Let's go to Nick in Dallas. He wants to talk about this. Nick, what's up?
7: Hey, how you guys doing? Love the show. Thanks. It's it's just. I mean, for one, it's, just, it's Bart. I I'm, I'm, I'm totally agree with you, uh, you and Bart. Like, it's, it's they're making too much money. I'm 44. I remember. In, I don't know if you remember Bart in '87. The late, um, the All Star game was in Seattle. I was watching it with my dad. I remember it was uh, no time left on the clock. Orlando Blackman had to tie the game to send in in overtime. Isaiah Thomas tried to psych him out. You see Magic pushing him away. No, you make your throw. we He send in overtime. It's not that competitive. They try to you know, win the game. In 2001, I believe that was in D.C., the, um, the West yes. was led by Kobe, and the East was led by Iverson. Iverson got MVP, I think, and um, they came back. And I remember on the last play, the West was down by two. They did a pick and roll between Kobe and Duncan, and I think Duncan missed the shot, but they, would, they tried to win the game. Marbury hit two it's, huge but,
1: three-pointers down the stretch of that game. What's
7: money. Yeah, it, yeah, I remember. It. I remember from the nets. They are making they're making too much money. I called my dad last night. I was like, "Dad, you watching the game?" He's like, "No, I'm not watching that nonsense." He didn't say in them words, but it's embarrassing. And I was seeing them look in the look on his face before I go. I was seeing them look in the look on his face on the sideline, Oscar Robinson, Jr. Erving, um even Gary Payton, GP. They they this is it's a joke. And then I'm watching Damon Lillard, uh, Lillard shooting a half court shot from Luca. I think he was shooting the ball all the way from the other side of the basket. I'm like, "What are we talk? What are we what are we watching? It's just It's just not what it used to be. Times have changed. And even with the Pro Bowl, they're playing flag football, you know, just to switch sports. It's embarrassing. And something's got to be done with Godell and um, Adam Silver because it's it's just embarrassing. And and I I feel bad for kids watching this now because you can't honestly say that they're being entertained watching the way the game is being played and even the Pro Bowl and
1: and the All-Star game. Yeah, when people
2: people stop showing up to them, that's when they're going to feel the effect. When the visual um, concept of it doesn't look like people really care and they turn it off and find something else to do, then then they're gonna understand. But by that point, it's too late. And that's what Adam Silver is warning them: like you can't take your audience and you can't take them for granted, because it's in this, especially now today, it's more things that you can do. You have more options, right? And, and they can find some other things to do. And that's what should should, should scare people, you know, when you you think about like. This, this, I mean, this was horrible. It wasn't just, you know, uh,
1: yeah, it wasn't competitive. This was bad. It was a bad product. Yeah. It was a bad product. It was a really bad look for the league. 211 points. That's not exciting. That's just non-competitiveness. These guys should be able it's to up and line. down the court. It's a layup they, line. They, they, so congratulations. You guys are in the NBA. You can hit wide open layups. And that was the other thing, too. At, at least Carl Anthony Towns a couple of times down the stretch tried some, you know, creative dunks, especially for a big man. But... The rest, like Jalen Brown is hunting the MVP award by going down a lane that's wide open and hitting layups. That, that's you, you're yeah. you, you 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 get paid $300 million because of your basketball skills. We know that you can hit a layup. That adds absolutely no entertainment value to those who are consuming this.
2: Well, we don't know if you can dunk after watching you the other day. Something wrong, something wrong, <laughs> some, something <laughs> wrong with you. Get your, your giddy up or something, man. That was. This dude did a jump. Like, let me know that, 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 that we already determined who the hell was going to the finals before the game started. I mean, this dude went in a circle and then jumped in the air and had the ball in the wrong hand and put the other hand up. Like, bro, you ain't even close to the basket. Did you practice these dunks? Still got a 48, 49.
1: Yeah, you didn't want two G-leaguers in the finals. Because <laughs> so con- that would have been really bad for business. Um, oh, man. At least Toppin would have given you an effort. Let's go to Arthur in the car. Arthur, what's going on?
9: How's it going, guys? Good. Good. Yeah, I I originally called about the Knicks, but uh, I'm going to chime in on that All-Star game. Um, I was kind of like, I really never, the last couple years, I know how it hasn't been competitive. This has kind of been going on for years. But something, I was kind of like doing stuff around the house. Then I looked at the score, and at the end of the third quarter, the East had 160 points. So I'm like, like, I knew, like, thank God I didn't watch that. That's like, I don't know, what they have to do something? It's I don't even, you know, like I said, I can imagine the ratings. You know, I didn't watch the uh, slam dunk. I did watch the three-point contest. That's the only thing that seems to grab me over the weekend. The other skill thing they had earlier, that, that was no good. You know, um, so I don't know. The NBA, they need to do something. But one quick thing about my Knicks. I just want us to be healthy going into the end of the season because with us healthy, I think we can compete with anybody in the East. And what do you guys think? Do you think when Mitch comes back, should they continue – should they put Mitch back in the starting lineup or keep Hartenstein? What do you guys think?
2: I mean, for me, Hartenstein offers a lot more than what Mitch Robinson offers – and I also think that, you know, you have to be careful when you got a big man coming from a foot injury. We don't know what kind of shape he's in and he's gonna be vulnerable. I'm just gonna give him minutes and hope that he can help us out maybe 10, 12 minutes. You know, if that if that if that goes good, maybe fifteen minutes, but I'm not gonna overplay him. I'm gonna use him as a luxury piece and be saying, Okay, now nah, I got depth in my in my rotation. If I you can try and get some of these guys, you know, like Josh Hart, like DiVincenzo, like um you know, brunching some some rest, you know, by cutting their minutes by a minute or two because now you have a longer rotation before you tighten your rotation up for the playoffs and, you know, opponent-specific uh, people up. You know, I, I'm going to utilize that to try and get guys some rest back from all the extended minutes I had to play, play those guys because of the injuries.
1: And, yeah, that's going to be – big for Tom Thibodeau's thinking down the stretch of the season, yeah, balancing mm-hmm. being Because Prince Achua,
2: who knew? Who knew that Prince Achua, yeah. if, if OG doesn't go down, we don't know that Prince Achua can yeah. give us real minutes. Now, we real don't minutes, expect to have that many from him, but he can give doubles, us real minutes. Yeah. yeah,
1: Playing 40 minutes a game. Great defense. You're not going to need him to do that, and he can play multiple positions too, which, look, you've really found something with him, and you've really found something with Deuce McBride. Um What the question is going to be down the stretch is, is there still a spot for them when all of them are healthy? But to answer the Hartenstein-Robinson question, I think at this point you have to consider Mitchell Robinson – A bonus. You said a luxury. Same thing when he comes back because there is no guarantee that he's going to come back at full strength. And and furthermore, with Hartenstein in the lineup, as long as you have Randall and Ananobi, those are the key guys you need to Mm -hmm. get back right now. Obviously, as long as you have them with DiVincenzo and, and Brunson and the bench now fortified with the trade with the Pistons before the break, the Knicks have proven that they can win at a high level with Hartenstein as their starting center. Um, and then, the other, again, the other piece of it is you don't know what Robinson's physical condition is going to be when he comes back. Let's take one more break. Uh, we'll continue the conversation on this with the time we have left. It's uh, Pat O'Keefe in for Allen here on Barton Hahn on 98.7 ESPN New York.
8: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results.
0: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Right, Barton Hahn, a couple more minutes before we get you over to the K show. This portion is brought to you by Tullamore Dew because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triple distilled, triple blended and triple cask matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew honey during tonight's action. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. Nets fired their head coach earlier today, Jock Vaughn, their Uh, future direction of their franchise under Sean Marks continues to be uncertain. Uh, The Knicks, the uncertainty lies with the current injuries. The last game before the All-Star break on Wednesday in Orlando, uh, it was a mash unit. They were without six rotation players, including Mitchell Robinson, who's been out for a long time, but they were also missing Randall and Ananobi again. Um, The three guys whose injuries seem to be more short-term Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Isaiah Hartenstein. The comments from Tom Thibodeau before that last game against the Magic indicated that the hope is they'll be ready to play when their schedule resumes this Thursday in Philadelphia. Uh, Let's get a couple more calls, in. let's go to Eric in Queens. Eric, what's up?
3: Hey, guys, I want to just make a point about the All-Star. I kind of
7: like, yeah,
3: it's players, but I think the NBA created those players. Because when we had tougher play, tougher rules, the game was a little slower, but it was more exciting, it was more competitive. Now you made these guys soft, and they're playing the game soft to the max, and with a lot more money. So you're getting less paying more. So I kind of like blame the commissioner. He got to look at himself and change the rules back. You heard from Kevin Durant. Even him said, he said himself that they want to, you know, change the rules, do something different. If everybody get on that wagon, then we'll see a change. Maybe there'll be better All-Star games.
1: Yeah, but Eric, I, I hear that, and I think back to some NBA finals that I remember, like the... San Antonio Spurs and the Detroit Pistons and the, That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Well, it was beautiful for you. <laughs> well no, the Spurs and the Pistons was not. The um, the Pistons and the Lakers was beautiful for you. Um, the, the the Nets, the New Jersey Nets against the Spurs, the New Jersey Nets against the the Lakers. There there were some rough games in the 80s and the 90s and the the data proved that that was not appealing to the fans so they did change the rules to increase the excitement so i don't think that's the answer and and the money's not the answer but i know everybody brings up money and it does have something to do with it but it's it's not even worth mentioning because who's giving up money the players are making more money the owners are making more money is that a part of it yeah absolutely because if the more money you have the more you have to lose but that's not going away, so it's also not worth talking about the money part of it either.
2: I think they could swallow the whistle a little bit more. I think you know it'll never go back to what it was with those games because now you got seven footers that have the ability to shoot the three, right? We saw Carl Anthony Towns, you know, right there, shot for shot, former three point champion. So I think the game would still be beautiful and wide open, but I think they could swallow the whistle a little bit more and allow some. You know, they they try with the anti flopping, right, and all that type of stuff. But I still think they should spring a little bit more of a uh uh more of a semblance of defense and physicality a little bit. I think it's going too far the other way, just like in football it's going it's going too far the other way, and they have to find that happy medium that balance where you know you you're not belling guys out and stopping the game so much. Guys are having to play through a little physicality. You know, and I ain't saying hand check, but you should be able to put that arm bar in there. If you go up vertical and you guys have, make contact, so be it, right? I mean, we we looked at, you know, a guy, a referee bell and a guy out here in New York last week throwing a one-arm uh, desperation three, right? Come on, man. We 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 got to be better That's just than
1: stupidity that. on the officials' part. He did it again later in the week. In the he week, did. he did the yes, same thing. Next game, I know. I know. The – When we get to the playoffs, the games are more physical. They do swallow the whistle more and the intensity is ratcheted up. I mean, if you think back to the playoffs last year with the Knicks and the Knicks still after all these years, right, they had their greatest success since the championship years um, in the 1990s when they were the most physical team. The Knicks right now are the most physical team along with the Miami Heat and those teams battled in the postseason last year. And it was very physical and the games were low scoring. The Knicks Cavaliers series last year was very physical, high intensity. You know, the, the most entertaining game I've been to at the Garden this year, Bart, was the game a couple weeks ago. It was the night that Brunson was named to the All-Star team officially. It was the, the game where Allen was interviewing him on the court afterwards and Brunson was nearly yeah. moved to tears. The referees let a lot go that night and it did kind of— Of have an old school type of feel. The Knicks fell behind by 15. They were pressuring Brunson 94 feet. They really had to overcome a lot of physicality, and they did. And I think that's what led to the excitement of the win that night at the Garden. So you do get that, and I think we'll get more of it as we get to the playoffs.
2: Yeah, so many teams are opting out of defense. I mean, just look at the Milwaukee Bucks and what we used to seeing them. B and now they're, they're like a turnstile. Now everybody's trying to outscore everybody. You look at how many guys this year have put up 50, 60, 70 points. Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> we got to be able to, to 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 rough those guys up a little bit, but also be able to keep that down. Like, we we nobody should be able to get loose like that, man. It's just like it's too easy. Like, look how many people are having personal bests, like seventy, eighty, yeah, sixty that's points, too like, much. all on the same day. Like, what are we doing? Like, defense optional. Like, what are we doing? You can't just try and outscore everybody and go with the analytics of just jacking up threes because certain days it's going to work and certain days it's not. The days that it's not, that's not not appealing to the eye as well, watching dudes just jack up threes like John Starks in Game 7. No, I'm sorry, that's a sore spot here. I'm sorry, I apologize. Yes, it is. (laughs)
1: Listen, 211 points last night is not appealing. And watching the broadcast, I saw the TNT cameras, you know, show the replay of the score going from 197 to 200 like it was a big deal. It was disgusting. Yeah. The game was disgusting last night. Uh, is there an answer for the All-Star game? I'm less concerned about that than, than the overall you know, health of the sport. But anyway, we'll, we'll talk more about this tomorrow, Bar, uh, Bart. Uh, Tom Bauer, Ray Dienahan, producing the show. Great job. K-Show, coming up next on ESPN New York. Peace.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bart and Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.